Hey, everybody. It's episode 341, and we are back with Nathaniel Clinton. And I'm excited to ask him. We we got through a lot of questions before. We've even been talking pre-show about the the similarities between running a business and parenting young children, because you have to be able to pivot. You have to, but it's very similar to just running a business that's been going along for a long time. And now we have this COVID or we have all this other stuff that's new. So running a business is constantly pivoting because our market, the market changes. People need new widgets. People don't want the widgets you used to make, right? There's all kinds of things that go into everything we do for our customers and our clients and for ourselves even. So we're going to jump straight in and I want to do one kind of role play with you because I think it's kind of, uh, hopefully it'll be interesting. One of the things I want to remind you guys is that there's a bunch of really cool um, ways for you to save money. If you listen up to the very end of the commercials, you can listen to them at two times speed. I mean, I know I talk pretty fast, but hopefully you guys will wait till the end. All right. So we're jumping right in. You have a podcast, you have your own business, and you also have worked for home. For how long have you worked from home normally? Not like uh, this normal. Yeah. Yeah. Normally uh, I've, I've had my design business for almost 15 years and I've worked exclusively from home for about eight or nine of those years. Uh, the other years have just been interspersed with uh, uh, different stints at, at agencies and, and other companies, but I've always had my independent business and, and had work from home. Okay, so, but, but this, and sometimes I think people, some people are like, oh, I've been working from home, this isn't really that different, but I think it is a little different in the respect, just like you having another kid coming in to the picture, that was a new normal as well. Although you had them both at the same time, the COVID and your daughter. Oh, it's crazy. (laughs) So did you think 15 years ago, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 15 years ago, did you think that, is your business the same today as it was 15 years ago? No way. Am I the same? No. You know, our business grows as we grow. Yeah. Okay. So did you even expect 15 years ago or even 10 years ago that you would be where you are right now in your business? In a sense, yeah. Because I always knew that I inevitably would want to be my own boss. Uh, Pretty early on in my design career, I got, you know, the, the perspective and the understanding of what it's like to work for somebody else in different capacity. As I've worked in very small design shops where there's just two other people. I worked for some really, really big, you know, corporations and some global agencies. So I kind of got to taste the gamut early on in my career. And I got to see what it would look like, like kind of project forward and see what it would look like, you know, uh, for me to pursue those different routes. And, you know, I asked myself, is this what I want? Mm -hmm. Right. Not, not, is this a quote unquote good career path or is this impressive, you know, to people? Is this what makes sense? I asked myself, you know, like, is that fulfilling to me? And, um, and a lot of the thing, a lot of the paths weren't, you know, climbing the corporate ladder was not, even though I could have done that. Um, even building a large agency sounds really cool, but I didn't want to do that either. Okay, so um, what, so yeah. what was it? Because I think that some people are in the exact same place as you. And I think those are, a corporate is is different 
than um, building a, a big agency and then yeah. building a big agency is different than building a small agency yeah. or building a small business with yes. a few other people. So um, what, uh, what were things that didn't fit in corporate for you and mm-hmm. that didn't fit for you for building a big, and what does a big agency look like to you? Sure. I mean, you could consider 10 people a big agency. You know? Okay. So, so let's consider, uh, let's say a 15 to, and to 50% sure. percent person is a big agency and a small agency is like four people. Sure. Okay. Or some under 10, uh, yeah. under eight or something. And then yeah. somewhere in the middle is between the eight and 15, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I think for me, it came down to certain things that I personally value. I really value autonomy, uh, being able to choose my direction and pivot my direction. I value versatility, um, being able to do a lot of different kinds of things, work in a lot of different um, uh, industries and a lot of different types of work. This was actually one big thing that steered me away from becoming an architect, like I mentioned in our first episode, was um, I wanted more versatility, more adaptability and experimentation. Uh, another thing that was really important to me was the freedom to work from home uh, and be with my family. Family was is, is still my number one priority and my business and my work supports that priority. And so I never, I already knew I never wanted to sacrifice my family uh, in favor of the career. I think that it's really easy to make the justification that oh, I'm doing this for my family but then in the process, you end up sacrificing years that you can't get back. You know, you can, you can always work more. You can always get a new position, but I can't relive my son's second year. You know, I can't relive uh, my wife going through pregnancy and having me available during the day. Right. So I knew this before I even, you know, was married. Um, and I, I just knew that the corporate structure did not really support that. Uh, hopefully things will change after this, but um, just where I was, it didn't. And was so, that modeled uh, yeah. for you as, did you have somebody in your family or like a, a close adult that had sure. that life before? So you could kind of see. Yeah. You know, um, when I was a, a new designer, I have a, uh, a friend tour, friend mentor, because we're, we're both, um, his name's John, a guy named John Schreiber. <clears throat> and he was my boss's boss at an agency I worked at. And uh, he, uh, we, we, we ended up bonding um, just in the office over personal development books. And both of us used to draw graffiti art when we were younger and working out and like things like outside of work. Uh, and we just like would always connect whenever we saw each other in the office. And um, he was, at that time, like the uh, vice president of creative for the, the Portland branch of the office that I worked in. And then later he got promoted to being like the head of creative for the parent company that owned our agency as well as like 17 or 18 other companies. Uh, so he's someone who was in the type of position that someone young like me might aspire to, right? Uh, and he is such a down-to-earth guy that he gave me a lot of really great advice and perspective on um, what really matters in life, you know? And uh, uh, he, he, was, he was a, 
I guess, just a touch point for me to be able to just observe his life and the things that he considered important. And he's very against the grain in terms of, of traditional corporate guy. And he actually ended up retiring early to go run his, his own business with his wife. They own um, several optometry clinics. Um, but yeah, he retired from the corporate world uh, eventually. Um, but yeah, to have that influence and that perspective and see someone that had achieved so much and he had been doing what he, what he did, he, they built him and the, uh, the other guy that led the, the agency branch in Portland had built it from the ground up like for 20 years. So he did it all right? All the things that someone in my position might, you know, want to do. Mm. And, um, you know, and, and he just gave me a lot of really great advice that, you know, really like family is the most important, you know, people are important, right? All this stuff, it's not important. And he's like, listen, I think that we all give ourselves too much credit when it comes to our success. He's like, I've been very lucky. I've been very fortunate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember one time in particular, I was really disappointed. I really felt like I had failed, like just as a designer and like in my career and stuff. And uh, he picked me up one day and we just like did a workout. And he said, listen, like we're driving in the car. And he's like, listen, um, you know, I could get fired from my job today. And I know that there's a dozen people whose doorstep I could show up on and they would take care of me. He's like, this doesn't define us. You know, mm. our job, our position, mm. it doesn't define us. And, um, and the relationships that we cultivate in our life are so much more important. And uh, that really just solidified a belief in me that as, as great as it is to do good work, I would rather have uh, people's names on my life resume who, mm. I, who I've impacted on um, rather than brand names on my life resume. So that's one thing I love about this is that it helps us all to realize that maybe if we're not where we want to be right now or today, we still, there's tons of people behind us that we can mm -hmm. mentor and that yeah. we can make a difference to. And if that guy hadn't just had a relationship with you, right? Like yeah. just talk to you and you, you bonded. So it's about being available to being yeah. a mentor for somebody else as well yeah. as having a mentor too. And, so, and the way that you get the mentors be teachable. Like I approached mm -hmm. him and I, and I built the rapport and then that relationship came from there. Like when I worked at that agency, literally every day I would walk up to everybody in the, in, you know, throughout the, the months and, and the year that I was working there and I would get to know everybody and ask them where they're from and all this stuff. And I would like take notes on, on just the people. And uh, he was one of the people I got to know. Like I literally just like peeked in his little door, right? And I did that when I was working at uh, other companies and I got to know people that were like, uh, you know, director of North American, blah, 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 right? Uh, people that were much further along and that gave me perspective on them too. So sorry to interrupt, but this is really interesting because there's contrast, right? Um, so he was one example on the spectrum that, that I was like, okay, yes, I want to emulate that. And then there was other people that I met on the other end of the spectrum who were great people. They were awesome, very cool, very successful, right? But I didn't want their life because as I like just made regular conversation with them to just get to know them as a person, I'd ask them about their family and like, they didn't really get to see their family. And like, mm -hmm. I... I'm a single guy, so sure, I'm gonna stay up late at the office working on a Friday night. And like, I'm talking to this guy, I know that you have a two-year-old daughter and, I, and you're telling me you're working through the weekend. Now I know that happens sometimes, 
but I observed this just on a regular basis. Lots of people were divorced and like just their relationships were not healthy, right? And so I got to see kind of the different paths that you could go on. Um, and it helped me be able to decide the kind of path that I wanted to walk on. I love that. So you kind of had an idea. All right. So I wrote down versatility, autonomy, meaning you mm -hmm. could make your decisions, creative freedom, yes. things like that. Yes. Um, family was super important and mm -hmm. allowing you to be able to work from home. Was there anything else that didn't fit with corporate life or didn't fit with a uh, bigger agency life? I think that um, when we're talking about, because um, a lot of those, a lot of those kind of are addressing the corporate and the, the larger agency, because the bigger and bigger agency gets, it's like not that different from a corporate job exactly. because you're working for corporations then as your clients. Um, and the, you know, the workload is sometimes even greater because then you're, you're not like necessarily a nine to five, you do lots of overtime and whatnot. Um, uh, so that wasn't super attractive to me. Um, even though like, yeah, like I'm no stranger to hard work. Um, but I wanted to build my own thing. And I think part of me was afraid of building something and eventually feeling stuck building oh. something that, uh, maybe that was a little bit of fear of success, but like, I didn't want to build a company that was so big that I had so much responsibility that I would feel like I could never walk away from it. Like the, the concept of golden handcuffs where you're making really great money and you have accolades and, you know, and title and position and these things um, that are not bad within themselves, but they have to be in alignment with what I ultimately value, right? And I was just really concerned um, about going on a path that would kind of like lock me in to where if I ever wanted to walk away and do something that I felt was more fulfilling that, you know, I wouldn't really be able to do that. So that was something that kind of this underlying fear of being trapped. Um, and I think maybe a lot of entrepreneurial people can relate to that, right? And that can keep us from taking some risks, but I think that there might be a little bit of healthy, you know, uh, just a healthy balance there if we're self-aware enough to go, okay, there's a reason I have this fear. And so I'm going to listen to that and try to align that with values instead of responding out of fear. I can respond out of like, what's, what am I ultimately passionate about? All right. So where does delegation come in? Because as a solopreneur, you, yeah. you're going into other offices and you're doing contract work or you're working yeah. on a specific thing. Sometimes you're going there. Sometimes you're working yep. on your own. Both. Um, yeah. Right. But yep. where, where does that happen of you? Cause this is how we're able to scale our business. And maybe this is one yeah. of the reasons that you are never going to get bigger than just you so yeah. that you can close the door when you want to close the door. Yeah, I think that I, I eventually do want to grow a company that has the team, but not a design a small business. team. Yeah, oh, yeah, like a, a small, very agile team. And like, I think agile is the key word that if I ever was to build a team and build a, a small company that's larger than just myself, because um, right now I, I do have projects where I expand the team based on the project. Sure. That's pretty common, right? You hire but, on and contract when, people on. When was yeah. that first project? that you couldn't uh, do everything on your own and that yeah, delegation had to it, come in because I think a lot of time, we get in that first, yeah. whirlwind, right? Yep. Of, oh, the, we got to do it all. Yeah. Well, it, it came at a time where I had to hire on another designer because I had so much work uh, that I just, I physically could not 
accomplish that. I did not have enough time. And if you want to keep your clients on, on a healthy deadline, healthy you know, time frame, uh, then you have to expand. And there's trade-offs, right? You're expanding your capacity at the expense of control. And I think that um, you know, a lot of us as designers are control freaks. We love that we can fine tune designs and projects. And like, there's an element of excellence in there. Uh, and we feel like maybe we hold a personal standard that you know, goes higher than, than most people. And so, yes, there is additional time that I had to spend investing into this younger designer. Uh, but what was really cool was then he brought uh, ideas to the table that I didn't have. And I got to, to experiment with challenging him to create things. And then and there's a collaboration effort, which is really, really satisfying. Um, that's one of the things that you don't get when you're a person of one. You don't get to collaborate unless you're collaborating with your client. But there's something really special about collaborating with a creative person. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So then at some point, the goal for you, you would like to build a company not, and you just said not necessarily a design company. So what, yeah. what, and when do you envision this or do you even have an idea? Of I've when? already started it. That's front runners for okay. me. So yeah, tell, other, tell them about what, company. tell them about what that is. Yeah. So front runners is, is, uh, more than just the podcast. It's more than just the blog. It's more than just the online courses. I, for the longest time in my life, I've been a multi-passionate person. I think there's a lot of people listening that can relate to that, that I felt like I had to pick just one of those mm -hmm. things. Uh, but something in me believed that that just wasn't the case, that there had to be an example somewhere out there of someone else doing what I wanted to do. Um, I never found someone that was exactly doing all of the boxes that I wanted to check, but I saw people that were kind of hybrids of a few of my different passions. And that gave me uh, just the idea that I could kind of create my own thing. So I saw people out there that had a design background that were then going into personal development or people that had an entrepreneurial background that were going into education. So like these different things that I loved. Um, and I said, oh, well, you know, there's so-and-so up there and then there's this person up here. And like, if I kind of merge together what they were doing, then it kind of gives me a rough picture of what I might want to do and what it might look like. So from all of that came Frontrunners, which is, uh, it's still evolving what it is, but what it is right now is a community and an online education platform for creative entrepreneurs. Uh, and the concept of Frontrunners is blazing a trail into the uncharted territory of your potential. Um, I was a runner in high school, and so that kind of gives me, you know, this, this metaphor of running up front and being someone that goes before other people and making their path clear. Mm -hmm. um, so I, yeah, so I created that and it was initially a blog and then it grew into me uh, writing a book and then it grew into me um, uh, doing email marketing, which grew into me creating a course, multiple courses, grew into me launching a podcast so it's, it's expanded and I've added on new facets as I've gone because each of those facets has been a new outlet for creation. I know this is really in alignment with our main topic, but I've added these things on as I've found like, oh, this is an outlet that I have, you know, that needs to be like uncorked. Like I love talking and, I'm, and I love writing. And so 
I love writing, so I'm going to blog. Or I love, I have always wanted to write a book. I'm going to write a book. I love teaching, so I'm going to find a way to teach. I love, I have a lot of random thoughts every day, and, and I love um, giving advice and, and answering questions. And so I'm going to do a podcast. So there's like these different needs inside of me that I was able to identify. And then by seeing other people's examples out there, it gave me a new idea for, you know, a creative outlet for that need. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. But you, that's just goes to show that exact answer was not something you could have come up with because it continues to grow and evolve. Yes. Right. Because that's yep. what a business does. Our yep. business, uh, Dylan Minguez is here. He didn't know he was going to be painting, you know, with crappy paint on the outside of a, a, you know, a bar for the octopus that he created. You know, he, you don't ever know what your constraints are, but man, did he make a really cool mural. You know, and I think sometimes we just don't know, but I think sometimes when we work from home, um, some people think that we have an advantage, but still it's different. This whole thing is uh, the COVID stuff is, or coronavirus, whatever, is different. So um, lots of small business owners, whether they're running uh, creative agencies, <clears throat> they maybe struggle with all the responsibilities that fall on themselves. So that delegation uh, point is really Yes. Um, it is. So that's, that's the difference between control and autonomy. Autonomy means you can make decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, control means that you have to do everything. Right. 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 And there's really a, a difference, but it has to do with trust. You're building trust. And as you've said, that relationships are really important. Right. I also believe that that is as well. Like, I think that it is way more fun to have in uh, gotten somebody a job and help provide for what they want because not everybody wants to be a entrepreneur, right? Some mm -hmm. people want to, the, the ease of working for somebody else and then doing something on the yeah. side. That's a passion yeah. or doing something that they love for somebody else because, and then it's just guaranteed they get a paycheck, right? Yeah. Coming yeah. in. There's a, another part of the entrepreneur, which is the sales. It is the marketing. It is all mm -hmm. that stuff. And as you have, one business that's design and then you have the other business that's really leading or guiding creative entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so they kind of go together. I think of us yeah, as do. designers. We are, you say the front runners has three E's or yeah, three E's. Yeah. Tell them what it is and tell why that works for both design and your clients yeah. as well as for creative entrepreneurs. Yeah, they do. My businesses do kind of support each other. And I feel like I get a lot of a lot of fodder for writing and for speaking by working with clients. Uh, it's really great. It gives me perspective on how to speak to creative entrepreneurs because I didn't just like used to be one. I'm I'm actively, you know, working with clients and on projects. And so I'm experiencing the frustrations and the challenges that come from that. So the three E's uh, of front runners is to encourage people and that's like through stories being really transparent and brutally honest about experiences I'm having actively and not just things that I've already like, you know, reached the mountaintop on sharing about failures, uh, failures and fears and, and really sharing hope and empathy. So encouragement, it's a huge kind of hub of that wheel. Uh, and then equipping, I really just, I'm so passionate about teaching and taking people to new levels of understanding it's very satisfying. That's something I get to do with my clients because 
we're, you know, we're supposed to teach our clients and, and bring them to a new level of understanding of what we do and the value of branding, et cetera, et cetera. But I love doing that with people. Uh, and then empowering, which is kind of the, the combination application of both of those things like in tandem. And that's where like um, doing courses and, and workshops and, and, and consulting and, and mentoring and um, interacting face to face with people versus just putting out content. So it's encourage, equip and empower. And those are things that all of us need. And some of us need them in different measures. You know, you might be really, really good at like the technical aspect of things and you just need some, some dang encouragement, you know? So I'm here, I'm here for you, you know? So one of the other things I think is important and um, to say, to recognize again is that you have experience. You've had experiences yes. in those other things. You didn't just say, I don't want to do corporate, uh, but you had really taken, yeah. you, you integrated in when you were inside a workplace, you talked to people, you became part of that team and you had the experience and you've had lots of experience working as a designer and yeah. you've worked with a lot of creative entrepreneurs <clears throat> or other entrepreneurs for sure. So why those three things, you've kind of explained it. Is there mm -hmm. a, a short synopsis of why those have been placed heavily on your heart? I think that I am very passionate about those three things because those are three things that I have needed myself in my own journey. And I think that's something that we'll all discover when we find something that's very, very fulfilling is oftentimes because that was something that was that was helpful and, and, and uh, brought value to us individually, that when we get to share what helped us with someone else, um, then like that's a sweet spot. So that, those three things are a sweet spot for me because I've needed encouragement, I've needed equipment, I love learning, and I've needed empowerment, I've needed people to invest in me and community you know, around me uh, in my journey. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So this is where I kind of want us to do a little uh, fairly quick uh, role play. So the, the question is, how do you help people understand what's at the heart of their business? Because I think that this is for any entrepreneur, any business owner. Some, yeah. I, I know that I've had a client, one client all my years, she was like, I don't like this. And I'm like, I, I would just was like dumbfounded and it was a family business. And I understand sometimes in a family business, but she did not want to do it. But she mm -hmm. felt like you were talking about golden handcuffs that she just couldn't walk away and do the other things that she wanted to do. Yeah. So when, um, <clears throat> when you're, so how do you know? So what kind of conversation are you having with someone that, cause some people don't even realize that they, there is a heart of their business. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. or to touch to it, right. They're yeah. just, is that, is that a, is that a part of a conversation that you have with all of your clients that are, or is that something that is separate for just specific people who are really searching? Yeah. So that's, it's kind of a two different conversations. Like if I'm talking to a client that already has a business, um, a lot of the times they are doing what they are passionate about because to be an entrepreneur, like you have to be a little bit crazy because it, there are easier ways to make money. Let's be honest, right? So, and I always like acknowledge that to my clients, just like the bravery and courage it takes to be an entrepreneur is pretty awesome. And so that gives me so much respect for them. Um, so a lot of the times uh, with clients, 
who kind of like, they already know that this is what they want to do and they want to build it. Then it's just a matter of focusing, honing in on uh, the people. I mean, when we're talking about the heart of our business, the heart of your business will always connect to human beings. Mm. And I think that's a great litmus test uh, for anything that we're doing, uh, any, you know, marketing thing, any project that we're doing, anything we're pouring time, energy, or money into, um, it will be, it's at the heart of your business. If it ultimately connects with a human being, uh, that's what leads to fulfillment, right? Is knowing that you had an impact on somebody in a positive way. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like an existential way. It could literally be like making delicious food that makes someone happy, you know? Um, like if you run a bakery, you know, my, my wife loves to bake and she always says like that she's giving people happiness, you know? So, you know, what you're doing should connect with a person uh, in a fulfilling way. So then if you're, if you're kind of in the more sort of searching area and you're like, Oh, what do I do with my life? Um, I, whenever I meet somebody, I always love to find out like, what's their deepest passion, you know, like, like if you you know, like there's the cliche question, like if you could do anything and money wasn't an option, you know, like what would you do? Um, that's a great question to ask. Like I always ask, like to ask people like, what have you always wanted to do? Um, sorry, if you can hear the baby in the background. Okay. Um, uh, like, yeah, what have you always wanted to do? Like, and sometimes people will be like, oh, I want to write a book. And I would say, well, what would you need to do to actually make that happen? They're like, oh, I never really thought about that. I guess I would need to like start writing you know <laughs> and so I'm like yeah you know like maybe you could do this so like I like to try to like make little bridges for mm -hmm. people uh because those baby steps it's the like the concept that we talked about in episode one of step zero right I like to kind of dig what's the passion what do you really find fulfilling like what brings you joy what, what has if they to can't connect it what if they can't connect the thing that they've always wanted to do with the thing yeah. that they actually are doing in their business yeah come it, across it's, that? it's hard it's hard to to see okay here's what i love to do but is there an actual career mm -hmm. you know that allows me to make enough money to keep doing that yeah that's the key right that's what we're like, going to talk about <laughs> yeah if you can make money doing what you love then you can keep doing what you love but if you can't make enough money then you have to do something else uh which is okay but i think in the you know the big scheme of things you, you got to have a, a a plan be able to break that down so I think that um, looking for examples, like what I did, looking for examples of other people that are doing similar things, like if you love certain podcasts, like maybe you love like murder mystery podcasts, but you're like, you're an accountant, you know, then there's something there. There's a reason why you love that thing. So like going to the, your favorites, you know, whether like you love movies or you love like podcasts or you love baking or you love working out, but it is what you're currently doing for a career connected with that in any way and if mm. it's not then like how could you maybe make a weird hybrid that never exists before maybe you can become an accountant for bakers you know mm. so like how can you take a skill set that you have and connect that like merge it with something that brings you joy um even something that's like like i one of my favorite questions is like what's the corniest thing that you love i love asking people on my podcast that question i think i even asked you that question um, because it's really fun to find out what people nerd out about. There's something really special about our hobbies and our passions. Like for me, I am a huge fantasy nerd. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm always listening to audiobooks. Like I've probably gone through like 20 books this year. I do it while I'm working. Like I love Star Wars and I grew up like playing Pokemon and like, so I'm a pretty nerdy guy. 
Um, but I haven't yet found a way to like incorporate all of that into like my business, except for like fun references and emails that I send to the front owner's email list and things like that. But like those elements of our nerdiness, I think can be another really fun way to identify, uh, you know, our passion. And I think the more that we bring the, that personality into our business, the more that our business can start to like align and feel fulfilling. Right. Yeah. You're getting a lot of, Nerd Unite, Maria says. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so Paul has a good good point here, but knowing what you love isn't always so obvious. So sometimes when you yeah. have somebody, that's the difference between the entrepreneur that's running the business that has yeah. their why and understands, yeah. and then the entrepreneur that is, or they want the person that wants to pivot. They don't yeah. want to work for anybody else anymore. They want to start a yeah. side project, but they don't know what they want to do. And Paul says, but knowing what you do, what knowing what you love isn't always so obvious. We have to learn to see ourselves from the, from above on a day to day for Paul. He was a physicist. He has, wow. he's Dr. Paul Nylander, wow. right? Right. Physics. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, but he was doing graphic design on the side wow. like for fun yeah so then he just went and did even though he has his doctorate he just went and went all in on wow. design but there is something that comes with that paul's story your story there's mm -hmm. something that's sacrifice and that's what a lot of people are not willing to do so you said hey i'm gonna sacrifice maybe some money mm -hmm. by because i'm gonna spend i'm gonna work from home that's yes. going to be super important, but I'm not sacrificing time because if you yeah. did work for corporate, you might make more money, but you would right. have given up time. So yes. it's always, it's just about figuring out what you're willing to sacrifice. And if you yeah, really value, yeah, if you really value people and relationships, then you absolutely have to have time to invest in other people, whether yeah. that's your family or whether, you know, other people, because I know that you invest in other people as well. Yeah. All right. So. All right, I'm going back to this question. So focusing on the heart of a business. So mm -hmm. what, what's the ideal? So when you're talking to an entrepreneur, is do they already know? And then, because I feel like this is where front runners is, right? Yeah. You're like, you've made a decision just yeah. like the corporate office. You, instead of doing corporate and focusing yeah. on money, you were yeah. like, nope, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna sacrifice time with my family. That yeah. was the big, big thing. There's other yeah. things too, I'm yeah. sure. But yep. but what when um, is that a conversation that most entrepreneurs have already had, or is that sometimes that you have to when they're at that pivot point? Yeah. And I think a lot of this, a lot of us during this time are having these thoughts of, hmm, should I be doing this or should I be doing this? And then we're at this kind of crossroads in, mm -hmm. although we may love what we're doing. But yeah. I mean, it might be hard for Dylan to go out and do a mural inside an office building, or maybe it's not, maybe it's a perfect time, right? But, yeah. but what, when is it, or is it, is this a conversation that you have with your customers or with the people in front runners? It's an, it's an ongoing conversation you have to have with yourself, right? I journal a lot and that helps me to process my emotions and my desires and, I think it's really important for us to be self-aware. And I think that's what Paul was talking about. Like you have to have that self-awareness and that comes from asking yourself questions. A lot of the times it can come from your fears, right? Your greatest fears. Like if you get to the end of your life, what are you afraid that you mm. didn't have time to do? 
what would be your regret if tomorrow you found out that you had cancer, right? And it was terminal or something, right? Like some of those fears can be a great arrow pointing to um, the things that are really deep passions. Um, and I feel like we have a responsibility to ourselves to pursue those things. And um, I think that, you know, we have to, uh, you know, we talked about hobbies and things that bring us joy and stuff, and those can be an indicator. And I think that we really have to do a gut check on a pretty, pretty regular basis is like, is what I'm doing right now putting me on track to eventually get to those things that I want to get to? Because I think we have kind of a list of aspirational things that we want to do someday. I want to travel. I want to have a family. I want to have a home. I want to do this or that or this. I want to have a podcast. I want to write a book, X, Y, Z. And then if you asked that person, well, like, when do you want to have those goals by? And they're like, I don't know, eventually when I'm older, like, well, why? Like, why does it need to take you 20 years to write a book? You know, why does it need to take you five years to write a podcast? Why do you need, uh, you know, all of this equipment to start a YouTube channel. Mm. You have a, you have a phone. So like challenging the assumptions that we mm. make up, you know, in our minds that are these obstacles that don't really exist. Like there's real life obstacles. Like if you're, you know, in a wheelchair, maybe you can't be a sprinter, but what could you do? You know, like there is always an alternative that can still be in alignment, right? with with what is fulfilling to you so those are good questions to ask yeah so one of the things i love about the front runners community or any community like this is that it is hard to challenge assumptions like yeah. paul said when you're in the middle of it yes it's really difficult so sometimes you need perspective mm -hmm. from outside in which is really difficult for sometimes uh for people when they're struggling or when in the, when they're in the thick of it yeah. it's also really nice to have a group then somebody else can they've asked you a question that you didn't even know that was a question right so i think yeah. the power of community in this yeah. having a friend tour or a mentor to be able to be open and share these things i think with is is really important so yeah. right now in your business you have your design business and you have front runners mm -hmm. you have made a decision i uh right or i'm gonna ask uh, you've said that you decided to focus on the heart of your business, right? Yeah. Instead of pursuing money, mm -hmm. like who's paying the bills then, buddy, right? I know you're the yeah. breadwinner. So oh, yeah. it can't be like, hey, mom, dad, I'm coming back for some, right? <laughs> so so where does that, because you're not, you're not um, skimping on your responsibilities, right? Nope. But where do you make that decision of, okay, well, I've done this for, the business or the design and my clients, mm -hmm. now I'm going to stop. It's kind of like doing the corporate, you know, yeah. and then doing that contract yeah. for a certain amount of time. So yeah. can you talk us through you that? Know, a really, you're, you're making me think of a really cool concept from a book called uh, Real Artists Don't Starve by mm. Jeff Goins. Have you read that book? I think it's so. It's fantastic. So like one of the things he says, like, if you're an artist, then you are a business, right? Um, but uh, the idea was this idea of patrons that back in the days of like the Renaissance, like Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci, they had patrons, like whether it was the Pope or some other rich merchant family or something that would pay them uh, a living to do art. And uh, one concept that he 
proposes is that you can treat your job like it's your patron, treat your day job like it's your patron, treat your clients like they're your patron that gives you the money that allows you to do your art, to do the things that are creative mm. to you. And so I think that's a great transitional mindset to have when you're starting something. Because right now, Pro Owners does not pay my bills. Design does. Like working for my clients pays my bills. And, uh, and it's like, it's way over here in terms of the balance because it, Front Runners is a new company. And whenever I put the pressure on it to like, oh, dude, this has to take off in like six months, it, it takes my mindset off the heart of it. And it's mm -hmm. not fun anymore. It's not fulfilling anymore. And then I have to recalibrate and like, okay, you know, I'm gonna put more of that financial responsibility back on my design business because that's where the bread and butter comes from. And that frees me up to continue to love my passion which will eventually turn into a business that can support. And then I can kind of like shift the scales again to where, you know, once front runners is generating enough income to where that's the primary, then I can taper down. So it's like this sort of overlapping transition. But right now my design business is the patron of my passion business. Mm. I love that. And I also yeah. love that the, there has to be the overlap. Yes. But because when you flip them, in without have if you flip them and, and then just pursue money it and i've talked to people like that you know and they're like oh but at some point i think when you have these conversations sometimes people i think they have a fee they want to help other people but really they're just trying to get out of um, something so it's it's money first like they mm -hmm. they have maybe it's they have it flipped and I think it's a really conscious choice to continually every day say, nope, I'm focusing on the heart, focusing on yeah. the heart of it. I know that it'll get me there, but I'm going to focus on the heart of it. Because I think yeah. some people say the right thing, but you can tell that they're pursuing just the money on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it doesn't have as much weight or as, um, you know, my husband, John, will ask me, he's like, oh, well, would you still do this if we won the lottery? I mean, I'm like, we don't even play the lottery. So, you know, whatever, I guess. Uh, we don't have that in Alabama, but, you know, we live three miles from Mississippi, yeah. so I guess we could play. But we don't. But I was like, yes, I would still do this. These are things, and I think that's where you can kind of see if your alignment is that if you would still do this without getting paid, and what is it? What is the payoff? I think you have to know yeah. what that payoff is. And it, for you've said it is fulfillment. It's about, yeah. you said, I wrote it down, um, making an impact, impacting mm -hmm. others in a positive way. And it can be from mm -hmm. small things to big things. You also yeah. said the heart of a business always connects to humans. And that yeah. human connection is hard to monetize, right? That's a, that's a struggle yeah. for me because yeah. I'm like, well, I feel guilty, right? Like why I wouldn't want. And then I love to mow grass. I don't know if that's what I told you was my... <laughs> Um, weird thing that, but I love to mow grass. Now, granted, if I was mowing grass 40 hours a week, I might not like, but it's like yeah. riding a go-kart people. And then I can listen to a book. It's a win-win. Yeah, It's like vacuuming. I love to vacuum. So to me, it's like, okay, if you understand, but how do you stay on? And again, this is where community really comes in because you have that accountability. Are you on track? Is this something that is going to one for me one of my big things is that if i'm making money somebody else should be making money and that's really kind of a hands down if it's my clients i don't want to just i don't want to fleece them 
right? I want, if they've paid me, I want their business to succeed. I want to make sure I'm doing all my research and doing everything that could have everything. I want them to make money. Also, if I'm in affiliate uh, partnership with somebody, if I, I, if I'm making money from placing somebody or helping somebody, I want to be able to, it, it, it's not enough if, it, if it's just me making money. I've actually struggled with ask, actually asking for money in that same regard. So when that comes in, that's a, um, I do think we should be able to make money at the things that we're really good at or we're, um, you know, that we're passionate about. But I also think that it can it can, if you're only doing it to um, get up the, I don't know, the big yacht or whatever, right? Yeah. Then that might not be, um, it's not going to be long lasting enough to keep it going. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, there's so much in there to unpack that we could do a whole other podcast episode on our like perceptions on money. You know, I think that we have to ask ourselves, why do I feel bad wanting, you know, money? right? Because you need, your business needs to make money to survive. Mm -hmm. And so like, I have no problem charging people money because I know that what I'm giving them is good and worth it. Mm -hmm. I never feel bad, you know, paying money to a movie theater. You know, like I don't feel bad them charging money because I love going to the movie theaters, right? Or a plumber or anything. Like like, I do not ever, I want my air conditioning fixed. I don't have any problems. Please come. Yeah. yeah. Like, because it's worth it to you. Right. And so I think that we, there's only a conflict in, well, for me, I'm only going to speak for me. There's only a conflict in me asking for money when something inside of me doesn't feel that the amount of money I'm asking for is worth what I'm providing. So rather than me saying, oh, well, like I'm going to shortchange myself and not be able to afford a living. I'm going to challenge my, myself and say, well, how can I make it worth what I'm asking for? So then I rise to the challenge versus pulling back and not growing through that. Because mm. we have to grow, grow past those fears. Otherwise, they will remain like an invisible limiting obstacle to us, right? So this is really important because you do have to kind of be about the money in the sense that, the money is fuel. Like if you have no fuel, you cannot keep pursuing your passion and you have to do something else. And the more time you're spending, you know, working, you know, retail to pay your bills, the less time you can make your music, right? Mm-hmm. So in order, if I want to spend my life doing the thing I'm passionate about, I have to find a way to support myself doing that thing. And so I have to get past my own preconceived notions of what it means to really, you know, pr- provide value to someone in exchange for money. And so if I can, if I can get past that and I can, and I can convince myself, like if I'm asking these people to pay X amount of dollars for an online course, then I need to feel good about that number. And I can only feel good about that number. If what I know that I'm giving them is worth many times over than that. And if I feel confident that it is, then yeah, I don't have a problem asking for money. I don't have a problem charging my clients for money because I'm giving them a service that is going to you know, pay dividends to them. And, you know, someone might pay me $10,000 for a project, but if I know that it's going to net them $150,000, $200,000 over the course of the next, you know, five years, wow, like they've got a huge ROI. So like, what's the ROI of going to the movies? Well, joy and wonder and all this kind of stuff. So we have to think in terms of value when we're running into that money obstacle, because that money obstacle 
that fear of, of not wanting to be perceived as greedy, which that's really, that's how we're perceiving ourselves, not how other people are perceiving us. Like yeah. we have to get past that so that we can keep doing what, we're, what we love, right? Otherwise we will self-sabotage. But then there's that other, you, you know what I'm talking about. When you're so hungry that you have, you're like, oh, man. but I, so there's, I think if there's yeah. three phases of a business, like when you go, uh, you're like, I just got to make enough. I, I don't, I, and it's the desperation, yeah. right? And I think other people can hear that and see, and that's when they haven't overlapped, right? Yeah. There is no overlap. And that yeah. is the cushion, right? Yep. Where there, if you overlap, there's no, um, it's like leaving your son home alone, 18 months old. You have no overlap, right? You're right. like, Hey, uh, You're my in. wife, my, my, no, my wife was supposed to get here at four. <laughs> it's three fifty-five. What am I going to do? Am I yeah. going to, you know, strain and restrain him to a chair? I hope, you know, like you're, you have, you're going to be late. Right. But I'm just, yeah, trying I don't to think make it's a healthy for us to put ourselves in a corner like that. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's where that overlap is. Yeah. So you have to have that. You, you have to have that, that crossover. Otherwise what you're doing is you're going to put yourself, you're going to put your passion, your dream in a position that is, is not fair to it. And it's, you're going to put it in an environment where it can't grow. There's too much pressure, right? Like there's just, there's just too much. There's, the sun is too, too bright, right? Yeah. It, like if you're trying to grow, if you're trying tomatoes. to grow a community, if I'm trying to grow front runners community, <laughs> sure. right? But I like, I'm not taking on any new design clients. I'm going all in. Then what kind of pressure is that putting on these people that I don't even know yet? They don't even know me. We haven't built a relationship. We haven't built trust yet. I haven't put out enough content for them to even know like what I'm about, right? That is, that's too much pressure that I'm putting on the people that I'm trying to reach, the people I'm passionate about reaching because I didn't manage my own life. So I think that there's a level of responsibility where we have to like kind of nurture and cultivate this seedling of a passion. Um, you, and, and a great way to do that is to have some kind of an external thing that is separate from it that, you know, alleviates some of that pressure. Now, I know that some of us are in a position where like maybe you're a freelancer and like this is what you do and you're passionate about it. Then maybe that just means that the types of clients that you pick up, maybe you can't be as picky in the beginning. Maybe mm. you eventually want to just serve, you know, um, ballet companies, right? but maybe you have to work with a construction company in the meantime. And so like the concept of having a bread and some bread and butter is, is really great because um, even though it might feel like, Oh, this isn't what I love. Like it's, it's giving you the ability to pursue what you love it without that unhealthy pressure, which would eventually sabotage you and keep you from accomplishing it in the first place. Yeah. But sometimes there are some gems of information from one industry to another that would have yeah. never overlapped had yeah. you not been part of that thing. Oh, you know what? Yeah. They do this here. Maybe we could try it here and see if it works. Yeah. And then, and then you get more of the work that you want to do. So, okay. I'll, I'll, go I'll ahead. give you a super quick, great example of that. Okay. I've had seasons where my design business was so slow. I had to do random odd jobs. Like there was a couple years back. This was, this is very recently, like maybe a year and a half, two years ago. It just was dead for whatever reason, because that can happen sometimes. Uh, we're like multiple clients. It just lines up dead. I was painting concrete 
and I was and I was doing uh, random construction. I was ripping siding off of houses and picking up nails out of gravel. Why? Because I had to provide for my family, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very humbling because this is coming from someone that is, oh, I've worked with XYZ client. I've had this position, you know, I've had, you know, really big projects and stuff. But, you know, what was more important to me was like the ultimate goal of providing and stuff. So it challenged my identity. It challenged my pride. What was really cool is when you go through those kind of, um, it feels like a detour. It challenges your identity and it forces you to not put your identity in what you do which is so healthy for when you want to build something you're passionate about. Cause mm. it's really easy to just like bury our whole identity in it. And then like fear comes in and like, you just get too apprehensive. You don't want to take the risks that you need to, to be successful. But when your identity is separate and you know that like who you are minus all of these things that you're good at minus things you've accomplished minus, you know, people knowing who you are and, and all this stuff, then it gives you the freedom to, experiment which is a theme that we're talking about in these podcasts and it gives you freedom to take risks it gives you freedom to try things out because you know that that's not who i am it's something that i'm doing right Mm -hmm. and uh so in those seasons like when i was painting concrete i was listening to podcasts and i was getting clarity on like what the heck i really wanted to do and honestly it convicted me and it it made me realize i have not been very good at community i haven't been very good at like reaching out and connecting with other people in my industry for, you know, lots of different reasons, but I thought that I could kind of do it all on my own. And Mm. since then, it really challenged me to grow as an individual, as a business person in my design business and in my front runners business uh, to connect with people and to, to not think that I could be like Superman, you know, and think that I could like, you know, while you're blazing your own trail, like you're not blazing your own trail alone. No. You know, it's Absolutely. yours in that it's unique to you, but mm-hmm. you are not alone and you can't make it alone. And so those really hard times have really challenged me in that. And so it's not really a detour. It's not. It. I, I totally agree. And I'm very thankful that you are willing to share that um, because some people would say, oh, that was a failure. I can't believe he shared that. But really it's in those where there's real growth. Failures so we have great. Yeah. All right, yeah, it, that's how we learn. That's experimenting and experience. All right, so your faith plays a big role in your business. Is it hard it to be open about your faith? And how does, well, we'll get to the next. This is the last two questions. Sure. No, it's not. You know why? So how does your faith play a role? Yeah, so my faith plays a role. So I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, and uh, my, my faith plays a role a lot in, I think, the morality of how I conduct business. Um, I, I always try to approach it in a way that I am serving people first. I'm not looking out for my best interests. I'm always making sure that I'm serving people. I'm doing what's right. I'm not taking shortcuts. Um, I'm not trying to, uh, swindle or lie or cheat. Um, there's, you know, things we're always presented with opportunities that are tempting that might feel easier in the short run, but ultimately in the long run, you know, I feel like um, it would lead to us to, to, to go, oh man, you know, that really wasn't the right decision. So it really helps me with making moral decisions, uh, decisions that would affect my conscience. Um, but also I think that it just informs my attitude and it informs uh, how I genuinely 
care about people. Like I really genuinely care about people because my faith has impacted me in such a way that it's helped me through so much in my life that I have a desire to help other people, uh, you know, through challenges in their life, even if they're clients and their challenge is I need to help grow my business. It helped. Like I have the perspective of you're not just trying to grow your business. Your business is what provides for your family and provides you the ability to be with your kids and to do things that, you know, are fulfilling to you as a person. So it helps me have that perspective to trace it back to the human being. So Paul has a good, uh, good thing. So morality, well put, he said, ultimately non-denominational. Yeah. So I also, so, so when, if we're digging in, cause it wouldn't, cause there are lots of people who aren't Christians that are sure. also very, all those things, they're not swindling people, yeah. right? Yeah. They're very, um, but so there has to have been something in your life. And for me, there, there's specific things as well, but I think for me, it has to do with other people, but it also has to do with hope. Like I have, there's a, yes. there's a hope. And I, I believe that there's, um, that, that God is in control and that I'm not. Yes. And although I try to be in control a lot of the time, right. That is a constant battle. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, Yeah. but there is um, a huge relief in for me in my relationship with God is that he, I know that he knows everything I've done and everything that I've done that's terrible, right? Yeah. Not that I've swindled anybody, but I definitely have done, yeah. not been great. Yeah. And so I guess it's like, um, and it's a, a very real relationship that I have. Yeah. And I think you have that similar. And I think that's what compels you to have these really um, intense and deep conversations and relationships with other people who also could yeah. be struggling in some of these, like, what do I do? It, or it yeah. is a conscious decision. Or do I yeah. take, do I have an overlap, right? Yeah. Um, can you talk about that yeah, a little I, bit? I feel like I, I, I believe that there's a greater purpose to the work that I'm doing, mm. that the, the work that I'm doing as a creative person um, is not just transactional um, and it's not just, um, you know, to serve the business needs, but I, I really feel like I love serving, you know, the human needs. I love helping mm. my, I love my clients feeling encouraged. Um, mm. I've had clients where we, we had our first meeting, this happened last year, we had, a really long conversation. I was just like asking like just genuine questions about mm -hmm. their, their pain points and their fears and like things, their obstacles. And then when we were done, she was like, this felt like a therapy session. And I'm like, oh man, that's so satisfying to me, you know? And I, I, I feel like the foundation that I have in my beliefs, it gives me compassion for mm -hmm. people um, at a level that uh, it just goes beyond what I think that uh, maybe I would naturally have as a person. Um, so yeah, that's a big part of it is, is it really gives me a heart for people's emotions and what they're going through and empathy. And um, it gives me a foundation to stand on for those things. You know, when something else that I see that you do with um, just from all of our conversations, not that we, we have had conversations, lots of conversations on Marco Polo. Yeah. But you value time. Time is what you give with your family. But you also, that you take the time to ask and are interested in the genuine, um, of all those people in the office, hey, hey, how's it going? It would yeah. start with a, 
just normal, but it goes to a little bit deeper and that you're taking something deeper than maybe somebody else's because you, you value that, that person and the time that you get to spend yeah. with that person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause, Cause maybe a lot of clients, uh, uh for vendors, right. For, yeah. for Jody, the, uh, nail salon, I don't know, probably not Jody, the nail salon, but whatever, right. Jody, the nail salon never felt like anybody took the time to ask her some of those questions, even though her nail salon is providing, you know, it's six families. She's yeah. her family plus six others, right? So she's has a business and, and with that business, she's able to provide. And I think that um, that's the other thing for me and my faith is that everybody's important. Yeah. And so when people get are like, oh, you know, I got to get, you know, thousand more likes. And I'm like, well, you know, it's never for me. The podcast has never been about numbers. I mean, I guess, cause I don't ever check them. If y'all, nobody showed up, I would notice, I promise. So I really appreciate <laughs> all of y'all being here and staying and every week it really makes a huge difference. But like, if you're listening and you're on YouTube or on, uh, wherever you're getting your podcast, send me a message, you know, send Nathaniel a message. I think that those are the things that those, that's when we know it's been, what we're doing has an impact. Now that's the difference between his podcast and mine. I'm doing it um, live so I can see if you people are here, right? It's rough when it's just, when my, when I feel like nobody comes, there was only one time that that happened because I forgot to hit broadcast. And so clearly nobody would be showing up. I was like, man, my mom didn't even come, you know, like, and of course my mom's like, I was there. I stayed for 30 minutes and then nothing ever happened. Right. But it was because I messed up, but I, I felt it. I felt what it was like when nobody showed up. But for me, if one person, if, if just my mom showed up or, you know, Amy Lyon, she always comes. So I'm super thankful. Um, but if Amy Lyon showed up, if that's enough for me, like then yeah. maybe it's something that Amy needed to hear or that we needed to have a conversation together. And I think that um, it's, that's where it isn't about the money. It's about Ashley will ask me um, when I was, <laughs> when I was, uh, thinking about, should I keep going after five years? And she said, what do you get out of it? Yeah. And I said, oh, I love the conversations. I'm excited. I've learned something about the industry or I've learned something specific about something else that now I can grow because I love to learn. And yeah. she's like, then you need to keep doing it because it is still, it, you're still getting something out of it personally, but it still has a chance to impact somebody else. And a lot of people have tried to talk me out, not Nathaniel, but a lot of people have talked, they were like, oh, well, why do you do it live? You know, you can't, or you don't edit it. So it doesn't, it's not as professional. You don't, you know, whatever. But to me, that's just these raw conversations, but yeah. that's, that's, I'm okay with that. And I appreciate you guys being, being a part of it. So Nathaniel, I can't thank you enough. I think you've given us a ton um, to think about. Do you have any last words before I tell them what next week's going to be about? Oh man, I'm just really grateful. I think that there's something inside of each one of us that we've maybe been waiting on for a long time. And maybe we haven't yet put a timeline on that yet. And uh, I would just encourage you guys to to ask yourself, like, is where I am at right now, is my current trajectory going to result in me being where I want to be when I want to be there? Mm. And if it's not, 
then that's a great opportunity to evaluate where you're at and find out, you know, what is the smallest possible step that I can take in that new direction to, to, to have the business that I want to have or to do the things that I find uh, to be fulfilling. And this doesn't, you know, these concepts don't necessarily have to just apply to your business. Your business might literally be your bread and butter and you're cool with that, you know, but I think there's something inside of each of us. Each of us has a voice and each of us, what we have to offer, it's not for everybody, but it is for somebody. And I think that, um, you know, if we find that belief within ourselves that I have a voice, I have something to say, whether that's creating artwork, doing a podcast, um, becoming a personal trainer, like you can fill in the gap. There's something in there that is an unfulfilled uh, passion. And um, our life can end up just being a lot more beautiful when we give ourselves permission to have those things instead of feeling like we ha have to check a whole lot of boxes first uh, before, before taking that first step. I love that. Yeah. All right. So just so y'all know, you can follow Nathaniel at, um, here's all the links. Nathaniel, N-A-T-H-A-N-A-E-L. Is that an odd way? Of, is that the normal way? It's from the Bible. Okay. So it's yeah. the right way. I'm just kidding. Clanton, <laughs> C-L-A-N-T-O-N. But it yep. is unique, right? It's a yeah, not, it's not very common. Okay. -uh. I'm like, well, I don't know. People I don't always spell well it. anyway. So I'm like, oh, I'm sure I've yeah. been misspelling it all these years for all these other people. So NathanielClanton.com and yep, then frontrunners.life. Life. And then Instagram, Nathaniel.Clanton and then frontrunner, runners with an S. Frontrunners life. life. Yeah. And then you can find all these if you go to rechargingcom yep. slash 341. In the show notes. 399 uh, if you want both, but there will be a few different. We have, we talked about different books today. So I have yep. those to write down. I actually wrote a ton of notes. I did red on the first one and um, blue <laughs> on today. Awesome. And ne next week, we are going to do a community chat. And it's going to be focused. It's going to be a little different. Um, last time, I just had everybody come on. And this time, I think I'm going to limit it to 10 people. So if you want to be on there, respond back to me. And it's going to be about what are you discovering about yourself? And um, my friend Chris Martin is going to be on there also, but he's just going to be one of the many. So you guys just need to email me and say, hey, I want to be on there. I have something to add. What am I discovering? in this time about yourself. So I know that there's been, I've been, I think it's been a very, um, it's a, a weird time, but it has d definitely been a time of discovering things that we didn't know, uh, boundaries we didn't know, like Nathaniel didn't know he could do it without his parents or his wife's parents coming over and helping with two babies, right? right. Um, all the, all the things you learn about your boundaries and that they maybe weren't as rigid as you thought, right, in this time. Um, and then maybe you're discovering something specific. I'd love to have you as part of the group chat. So we just need you to have earbuds and a, um, a camera is all. So I would love to have, and then we'll just, I will just put you on the thing and then we may open it up for everybody in the last 30 minutes. But then that way it can be a, a little bit focused um, but it's still us. So again, email me at diane at rechargingyou.com or whatever, diane at designrecharge.org, whatever you want, either one, I get it. I have way too many email addresses. That's for sure. Okay. So, <clears throat> but email me so that I have your email 
so that I can put you on the thing so that you can come on. All right. And um, I don't remember what the next thing I was going to say is, but I want you guys to check <laughs> out Nathaniel's podcast. How often does it come out? Uh, normally when I'm not buried in children, uh, I was doing it every week. So right now there's 20 episodes on there and they're awesome. They alternate between solo episodes that I'm doing and, uh, having guests. And I've got all different kinds of entrepreneurs from all different kinds of backgrounds. And we just get into, you know, real stories talking about, you know, real life challenges that we have in our journeys and how we're learning and growing through those things. Yeah. And you can find that on uh, Spotify, on iTunes. And uh, Front Runners with Nathaniel Clanton, Front Runners Podcast with Nathaniel Clanton. Front Runners with an S. Yep, with okay, an S. Perfect. There's more than Our... one of us. <laughs> but Front Runners, uh, yeah. that's the one you want. So thank you guys so much. I hope you guys, you guys will be part of the community chat next week when we're talking about what we've been discovering about ourselves in this time. And I will see you guys next week. I wanted to tell you that I have a new goal that critical that you help me with it. I would like to get to 40 reviews on iTunes. Even if you don't like it, I'd like you to put it in there because that can always improve. So if you could do that for me, that would be killer. So I'm trying to get to 40 reviews. I should probably know how many I have. It's way under 40, I'm pretty sure. So could you help me? Could you help me by recording, not recording, typing? you know, going to iTunes, giving it a review. That would be super, super, super helpful. Anyway, help me get to my back goal of 40. Let's see how fast I can do it. Hopefully before the end of the summer, maybe before the end of June, that would be killer. That's, I'm going to be uncomfortable, but I think I could be uncomfortable and I could ask you again and again every week to do this. All right. So you go to iTunes, um, give it, rate it, whatever star you think it is or no star, I don't know. Can you give it a no star rating? Mm, I don't know, uh, but that'd be interesting. I would definitely understand what you were saying. I also wanted to tell you that you can always reach out to me on, you can DM me. I actually respond to those. I would love to connect with you um, on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram a little faster than Twitter is, uh, but on Instagram at design recharge. And then on LinkedIn, you can go to recharging you. Um, I think it's recharging hyphen you. Um, you can look me up at Diane Gibbs, D-I-A-N-E-G-I-B-B-S, right? So Recharging You, is the, this is the company. Um, we help you um, by providing training and coaching. And I guide creative entrepreneurs to reach their business goals and their creative goals. So it's the home for the Design Recharge Show, which you're listening to right now. And it's interactive. Some of you guys might not know that you can actually come live and participate, which is killer to me and it, it wouldn't be the same if I couldn't do it live. I love when y'all are helping me with questions and asking things and interest and having your own side conversations in the chat. I love it because it is a community and it's something that we do together and people join from all over the world. So I would love, I always ask people if you could come early. I usually get my guests on about 10 minutes early and then I hit broadcast about five minutes early and then I tell them where you're coming in from. You type it in there and I try to memorize it and sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I'm not, but I try and because I think that you're crucial to this community and I wanna help you. And if there's somebody that you want me to interview or a topic that you want to be covered, I'd love to do it. We do work about 
four months in advance of what our schedule is. So, but it's something that I can implement for the end of the year for sure, for sure. So if you want to come and join, it's super easy. All you have to do is go to rechargingyou.com and there's a thing that says join the family. You can also go to rechargingyou.com slash sign up. No hyphen, nothing, just S-I-G-N-U-P, right? Yeah, sign up and then it'll give you the thing to fill it out and give you me your name and your email address and then you'll get the link every week and then you can come live and participate. So I'd love for you to be at the next live recording, which our next live recording is special. I talked about it earlier, so I'm not gonna talk about it again, but I also wanted to remind you that the Power Station is a mastermind group that I run and right now we have two. We have a, a night group and a day group. And I know that you wanna be a focused, confident entrepreneur with clear direction. And in order to do that, you're gonna to need to know how to get out of your head and learn from other creative entrepreneurs. The problem is that you're a solopreneur with limited knowledge and experience. We all are, right? That's a solopreneur is somebody who's doing it on their own and they haven't expanded yet or or you have expanded, but now you need to expand a little bit more. So the problem is that you're a solopreneur with limited knowledge and limited experience because there's only so many hours in the day. But we don't normally know what our next steps are or they need to be, and it makes you feel uncertain and alone. So we believe at Recharging You, me and Ashley and any of my interns, right? And just the community. We believe that every entrepreneur should be supported and challenged and encouraged as they grow their business. And I understand how overwhelming and demanding building a creative business can be because I've been growing mine for 17 years. I've been a designer for 24 and I've been growing my business since 2003. So here's how the group works. I listen carefully to your goals and your struggles. I help you state those goals it's to help you create smart goals. Not like, oh, that's really ingenious. No, it's more like um, specific, measurable, actionable. I don't think that's right. And I can't remember what the A is. R is realistic and T is time-based because it's a three-month group. The second thing I do is work with you to identify patterns and I unlock opportunities. This is also something that I do when I do just private coaching. But then I also am walking with you through this transformation process, through this, this struggle. I'm walking with you through this Grand Canyon that you're having to walk through to help you reach your business goals. Or maybe you're shifting and you're trying to find a style so it's more of a creative goal. Whatever that is, it's totally doable. You can join the waitlist and find out more about it at rechargingyou.com slash coaching slash power station hyphen learn hyphen more. But if you want it, it's just below on the video or if you're listening audibly on your whatever device, Spotify or whatever, it's down there in the description so you can check it out. So I'd love for, again for you to help me meet my goal of 40 reviews by the end of June. Um, if we can do it earlier, that'd be even better. They don't have to be super long, people really fast. Um, my favorite way to build websites is with Elementor. If you don't know that, I am making new content all the time for, Ele uh, not for Elementor, they don't, care but I love them so I'm trying to make videos that help so check it out it's on the same channel on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube if not go to design recharge on YouTube and then you'll see the playlist that's Elementor or web designer I don't remember what the playlist is called I probably should know and you know what another thing that I've been able to use that has like holy moly where was this thing where was this thing so many 
many times I have bought uh, video templates or um, music, holy moly, music's expensive too. Not just stock photography, right? I found Envato and they have a subscription for their elements and it is awesome. And I love the diversity that they have. They have age, race, um, gender, but again, it's unlimited downloads for a year. I love it. If you use this link, again, this to me was unheard of. And the quality of the graphics or the templates or there's WordPress themes and there's fonts and there's, I mean, a ton of stuff. Unheard of deal. If you go to bit.ly, B-I-T slash capital D, capital R, that's Elementor. E-L-E-M-E-N-2-O-R. If you want the Envato, let me give you that one, bit.ly slash E-N-V-A-T-O, capital D, capital R, for design research, not for doctor. Anyway, I'm reading two books right now that I probably will finish this weekend. Um, Malcolm Gladwell is absolutely one of my favorite authors. I'm reading Talking to Strangers, or I'm listening to it, right? On Audible, I can take notes. It's amazing. I can do audio notes. Somehow Siri hears me better through the Audible app than she does when I'm talking to anybody else. But Audible has changed my business since changed my life because I'm able to consume more books. I'm a very, very slow physical reader, but I do take notes in the Audible app. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I like to do it while I'm working if I can. And I'd love for you to get a free trial. You get one book and a 30, 30 day free trial. Now for me, a book is more than $15, right? Normally, I mean, I don't know if I've paid $15 for a book anywhere recently. They're like $30 or 25 or whatever. But every month I can get a new book for $15. It's like $14.99, that's the gold subscription. Then sometimes they give you deals. You can do three books for $33. So it's three credits. Each month I get one credit. One credit is the $15 a month. It's a, unbelievable and I've been a member for over 10 years. I've read a lot of books like this. So if you want to get that, check it out at audibletrial.com slash design recharge. And then again, if you're in this bucket and you need to learn, but you don't have enough money to do Skillshare, you can get two months free of Skillshare premium. If you go to bit.ly, bit.ly slash Diane Gibbs, D-I-A-N-E-G-I-B-B-S, two B's, one N, there we go. Just so you know, some of these are affiliate links. So I get a little piece of the pie, but it doesn't cost you anymore. So I hope I will see you next week again. Don't forget, email me if you want to, or reply to the email. If you are on the list, reply to the email and say, hey, I want to talk about what I'm discovering about myself during this, this sequestered time, right? Or our sabbatical from anybody but our family. So I want to hear that we're going to have 10 people on. We're going to talk about it. Chris Martin's going to be on as well. And I can't wait to see you.